0: It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping, the sun is shining, and you're listening to Next up some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the fuck? I know it's mean to say you're green but you gots to leave wwe you're not fit to be the shit so stay at home and make my grits <laughs> that's the first verse if anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show i'm available good evening wrestling fans entertainment fans This is anthony of wrestling-news.com I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, who? Kermit D Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT. NXT. Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector ones. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the egg guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total nonstop Anthony, that's what you got tonight. Total nonstop and total nonstop and total nonstop. Anthony. Hey, what's up everyone? Don Tony here. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast of blasi for September twelfth, twenty eighteen. Hope everyone's having a pretty good week. Yours truly, to be honest, has had a miserable 10 days, and I'm going to open up with this show a little differently, and I promise you it would only be a minute or two, no more than that, but there's something that's been happening with me personally, and I know once I describe this, 99.9% of you out there is going to say to me, DT, are you a moron? Go see a fucking doctor. The fact is, and I've been letting everyone know for the last six weeks. On September 21st, next Friday, I have spinal surgery being done. I don't want to fuck that up, and there's no way that I'm I'm going to postpone that surgery. It's something that I need to have done. It's a little complicated, you know, but it's something that hopefully will relieve some more of my pain. Hulk Hogan went through something very very similar. I've talked about that over the years as well, but um, for the last ten days, I've been having something happen. And I'm just curious if anyone else out there has had this situation before and if so let me know if you if it's not too personal what it ended up being because I've done research online the last day or two and the two conclusions I keep coming up with is either an infection or cancer. And you know I I again I don't want to go to a doctor right now and risk them finding something and then I don't get my surgery next Friday. I'm looking forward to that surgery. It's something I have to get done. But here's the deal: for the last ten days, nine of the last ten days have been having the same exact thing happen. And you know, the time that it happens has been a little varied. Most of the time, it's between six and seven o'clock at night. It's happened as late as nine nine thirty at night. And what happens, you you know, usually lasts between four to six hours. Sometimes it only lasted two hours. But here's what's been happening. Get up in the morning for work, five between 5 and 6 a.m., as I always do. Have my coffee. Usually I'll have breakfast at the office. Sometimes I'll have it here. You know, go through my day just fine, feel fine. Come home sometimes for lunch if it's not too busy. If it's busy, I have it at the office. I come home 5, 6 o'clock at night. And then I start feeling very run down, very ill, cold sweats. The glands in my neck feel like somebody punched me. It feels like somebody punched me in my glands. Now, I look down my throat with a flashlight. Everything looks normal. I don't have any problem swallowing. I don't feel sick, but I get this like feeling of being run down. The chills. I go under a blanket. Sometimes I take cold medicine. Sometimes I just have a cup of tea. Sometimes I just don't want to even move. But then after a couple of hours, I start feeling better. You know, just I just feel better. And then you know, if it happens at six o'clock, by nine ten o'clock, it goes away. And I feel fine. And then I sleep overnight. I get up the next morning. I feel like nothing happened. I go through the day and everything is good still. And then I come home and sometimes six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, the same thing happens. I have soup. I drink a lot of water. I take vitamins. I haven't done anything different than I have done in the longest so I'm just curious if anyone out there has had that happen for like a week or an extended period of time where, you know, just every night you just all of a sudden feel sick, like really, really ill. Now, right now I'm touching my glands and they hurt a little, but not really much at all. So I'm hoping that maybe I had some bullshit infection. And since I'm not taking medicine for it, that, you know, my body's fighting it naturally. But Jesus, you know, this is knocked me for a loop like you wouldn't believe. If you had any idea, I was not doing Breakfast with Lossie today. I was not doing DTKC on Monday. But Mish is fixing his computer. He's got some major computer problems, and he is doing his damnness to get it done as quickly as possible for all of you. I know some of you out there are are upset that last Thursday's soup, featuring yours truly and Joey Numbers, is not online But Mish is working as fast as he possibly can. And I know what some of you have said, you know, hey, DT, why don't you put the show up? It's not my show. It's very disrespectful for me to post audio that's not mine. I was a guest on their show. But, you know, again, I was just very, very ill. You would not believe it. You would not believe it. So I'm sorry for opening up and spending the first three minutes about this. But you know, if you want to email me Don Tony at dontony.com, Twitter at Don Tony D, you know, you don't have to contact me and say, no, Don Tony, it's never happened to me before. For anybody that may have had something like that happen before, let me know. And you know, if you if it's very personal, you know, if I'm not following you on Twitter yet, you know, let me know, I'll I'll follow you and you can send me a private message. Somebody actually also told me like, what is that tick? The No, not lice, Lyme disease. Somebody told me that it could be that. I don't know. It's just really struck me for a loop. And the reason why I don't think it's Lyme disease is because you would feel sick all the time. This is just really, really weird. And I, I tell you, it really has got me a little concerned. But anyway. Speaking of uh, concerned, you know, I saw Monday's rating for Raw 2.74 million viewers. You know, yes, it went head to head with the NFL, but Raw's been going head to head with the NFL since, what, 1993? So, you know, why is it any different now? And, um, this past Monday's Raw was the least watched Raw in almost three months. Two and a half months. Now, This is the Shield reformed. This is Braun Strowman in the main event. This is Roman Reigns, you know, the Jesus Christ, you know, of of, uh, the Raw roster. And look at these fucking ratings. I mean, so when you turn around and you say to me that the Shield is the greatest faction of all time and they fucking reform, and I remember last time when they formed last year before Dean Ambrose got injured, I remember the rate. I remember us specifically talking about the ratings being pathetic for the Shield. Now, I understand the Shield is not on for the whole three hours, but man, you know, you look at it and you're like, wow, you know, the, every time the Shield reforms, it just seems like the ratings are going down and down and down. And you got Ronda Rousey. They hyped up a match with Ronda Rousey this week. Still, you remember which week? that something was hyped and the rating went up? It was the week that Brock Lesnar was coming back. Remember that? I remember that they were hyping up Brock Lesnar. And you remember the night after the pay-per-view, they said that Brock Lesnar was going to appear after SummerSlam, and he didn't? You know, it's just... I don't, I'm don't. i not saying Brock Lesnar equals ratings, but for anybody in their right mind that thinks that The Shield pops a rating, uh, that's not the case. To anybody that's going to say to me that Ronda Rousey, pops a rating, that's not the case. And look, i look at the flip side of it. Raw was number three amongst the top 50 shows on basic cable. No, number three is good. But all I'm saying is, is that, you know, it's interesting how they hype up the Shield as the greatest fucking thing in the history of pro wrestling, and you don't see ratings popping for them ever, ever. And look, I'm a huge fan of Seth Rollins. I'm a huge fan of Dean Ambrose. It's no secret I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns. But still, you would think, you know, a little boost here and there, nothing, nothing. Now, I want to get into this and, you know, look, you'll realize on the download when you see that the show is only about an hour or so long, there's not a plethora to get into. Remember, less than 48 hours ago, I did the DTKC show with Kevin. We actually went over two hours. So we got into a lot of discussion. So since then, there's not much for me to get into. Um, one discussion that I definitely will get into and I hate doing this because I have not verified it yet. And if you notice on social media, I have not commented on this once. Yes. On solo monsters page, I posted a photo of this evolution, supposed match reveal for the event, you know, the entire card and it was funny because one person got angry with me because one of the matches on there is supposedly the finals for the Mae Young Classic. And it is. But he's like, damn, you're fucked up. How could you spoil that for everyone? But meanwhile, the thread itself was about the entire card for Evolution. So you you want to be spoiled for 13 of the 14 things that are listed, but you don't want to be, fuck you. Seriously. You're gonna fucking curse people out because somebody posts a spoiler from a match? The fuck? Really, think about that. For a grown person getting like bitterly irate, here's a piece of advice. Since you know that people wanna react, with a spoiler. Man, you see the tapings for Impact Wrestling. Somebody shows up. Oh my God, I can't fucking believe it. Goldberg is at the Impact tapings. I can't believe it. Kenny Omega showed up. Jericho showed up. You mean to tell me that you're not going to write something on Twitter or Facebook or social media that says, holy fucking shit, Impact tapings, Jericho showed up? No, we're not supposed to post it because it's a spoiler. And if it's a spoiler, maybe some of us don't want to see it. Well, here's a piece of advice in the year 2018. When something happens, whether it's on tape delay, whether it's on a month delay, whether it's on a week delay, if it's something that people want to talk about, they're going to talk about it. You don't want to find out about it. Get off the goddamn internet for a month. Don't talk to your friends. Don't fucking do anything. Go watch television. Go play basketball. Go ride a bike. Go learn how to fucking cook. Go do something else but to turn around and get pissed off at people because they post a match or a spoiler online because they want to talk about it that sucked my dick seriously anyway maybe I don't feel as good as I did little little not angry but agitated the fuck out he had some fucking little little wimpy mark living in his fucking parents uh, attic telling me oh, you're fucked up for posting a spoiler the fuck out of here anyway again I don't like talking about these lists they're not verified but it's being discussed by everybody so I'm gonna bring it up do I think that this is the actual card for evolution on October 28th um I think some of the matches absolutely I think some of them are proposed And even if this was the card, I expect WWE now to have major changes to it just to mix it up a little bit. And I do want to say one thing as a follow-up to Monday's DTKC show. Because I do get a kick out of, with all due respect, nothing personal, but I do get a kick out of people trying to play semantics with my words. When Kev and I had the original discussion about Evolution, I said that, that National Coliseum will sell out. And people are saying to me, well, you said it would sell out almost immediately. All right, so now people are like, whoa, DT, only 7,000 tickets have been sold and it hasn't sold out yet. And people actually using the fucking word poor. I'm sorry, There ain't no goddamn convention taking place for four days, three days, two days, one day before it. There ain't no Hall of Fame ceremony taking place. You're not going to have a boatload of people flying into New York and Long Island just so they could go to a pay-per-view Halloween weekend on a Sunday and then fly all the way back Sunday night, Monday morning when they got school? Come on. 90% of the fans attending this show are going to live in the tri-state area. Almost everybody. So for everyone to turn around and try to say to me, oh, LDT, it didn't really sell out yet, and 7,000 tickets are poor. What kind of drugs are you on? Seriously. But here's the funny thing. I did some research. You know when these tickets went on sale for this event? August 28th. That was how many weeks ago? Um, even if it was August 24th. It was either the 24th or the 28th. This is only September 12th. It's only been two or three weeks. You're trying to, oh, you almost immediately, come on. You know, if you want to try to catch a rap of me and you want to talk to me and you want to have a conversation, fine, just come out and say it. But to try to twist my words around and say this, this, and that, just to try to challenge me or for me to shout out your name, the fuck out of here. But anyway, like I said, again, this list is floating around. Everybody and their mother is talking about it. I haven't said anything because I don't know if it's real. But we will pretend, for the time being, that this list was real. People want my opinions on it. And the conversation with Mish and I last week on Breakfast Soup, we talked about Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. Main eventing evolution. And I actually said last week on Breakfast Soup how I would have no problem with that match taking place on Evolution. And I actually compared it to a match that happened before, not too long ago, that we absolutely loved, loved. And they could do the very same thing. And what is fabulous about it is when you think about the similarities in the two matches, you know, you're like, wow, that's actually a pretty cool idea. I will share that with you. In a moment, you know, fuck it. I know it all. I know, I see, I know on YouTube, some of you get very agitated. Just get to the point, Don Tony. All right, I'll throw it out there first. The only scenario where I can accept Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey, main eventing evolution, or the second or last match, or the last match on the card for the Rome women's title is if they do a repeat of Brock Lesnar versus John Cena at SummerSlam, where Brock Lesnar destroyed. John Cena, and he just beat the fuck out of him. And we just passed the anniversary of that match. And look at the similarities, Nikki Bella, John Cena, you know, they were a couple, Ronda Rousey, UFC, Brock Lesnar also did UFC. So for me personally, the only scenario I would accept is if Ronda Rousey beats the fuck out of Nikki Bella, one-sided match, and yeah, again, I know people about. That's what you want to close out the event. That's the only scenario I can accept. Now, sure, you're going to have Brie Bella at ringside, and I'm sure Brie Bella will try to get in interfere with the match. And they'll probably have somebody there on behalf of Ronda Rousey. Maybe it'll be Natty if she hasn't turned on on Ronda yet. But that's the only scenario that I can accept. If Ronda Rousey just beats. The fuck out of Nikki Bella, and she goes back to wherever she is right now, focus on her fucking birdie clothing and shit like this, and just get out of here. Seriously. You know, I have nothing personal against Nikki Bella. You know, her addiction to wanting to feel important and fame, you know, even outside of WWE, all this fucking nonsense with a relationship with John Cena. Do you remember when they broke up? Yours truly was the only podcaster in wrestling that came up that said, I don't give a fuck, because before you know it, they're going to be back together, or there's going to be rumors of them back together, and it's all designed because of Total Bellas. Notice how convenient this happened at this time, and this happened at this time, and this happened at this time. And it was hook line and sinker and then when the buzz started to calm down a little bit you know oh Nikki just wanted to remind everyone that they're still not together Do you wanted, it and that'll happen again you'll see you know she'll force herself doing an interview with somebody and she'll remind us again that she's this and that and now you know she looks back to when she was young and she had a fat ass and Jennifer Lopez saved her life and this and that you know it's always about hey look what I've overcome that, that is pretty much what Nikki Bella is. If you actually pay very close attention to everything that is Nikki Bella, and is she awesome in the ring? No. There's about 40 women's wrestlers in the last 20 years that I could say would put rings around Nikki Bella. She is an entertainer. She's a performer. There are women that look up to her. She is a clean person. You know, she is definitely a role model for young women. But you also have to look at the flip side of it also. You know, this fame, and that's why I say, you know, I know in this day and age, it's not politically correct to talk about someone's looks and this and that, all right, but the fact is, let's see 10, 15 years from now when Nikki Bella doesn't look as beautiful as she is now, doesn't have, you know, she just ages. This is just what happens. Let's see what happens 15, 20 years from now. Let's see what happens. And let's see, because what's the usual trend with young people from 15, 20 years ago that start to age? And I'm not talking about someone who is 20 years old and now is only 30. I'm talking about someone who now gets like 45, 50 years old. Usually how they stay on TV is when they become a fuck up. And I don't think Nikki Bella is going to turn into a fuck up, but it's going to be very interesting to see. I think she knows herself that her shelf life in the entertainment world is probably five to ten more years, without a doubt. And let's see if she transitions into private life. But as far as an attention seeker, my God, I will never forget When she was online telling everyone, pray for me, going to go see the doctor, find out if I could be cleared to wrestle, pray for me, pray. Meanwhile, she was at the performance center. She was already cleared. So anyway, that is the only scenario that I can accept. Because think about it. If you don't like Nikki Bella, if you don't, like the way that they're being pushed on TV the last couple of weeks, and you don't like the Tota Bella stuff, or you don't like how they're trying to, you know, she's the longest reigning champion of all time, and all this other stuff, then you want to see her get her ass kicked. Not in real life. Remember, this is entertainment. Nobody really wants to see Nikki Bella get really punched in the mouth and she loses her teeth. This is entertainment. Again, there is no bitter personal feelings towards anybody in wrestling. This is entertainment. That's why I said not too long ago, you think of Ring of Honor, what that cough guy said, whatever his name is. He said, they're in the entertainment business. We're in the wrestling business. The fuck does that mean? Take a step back for a minute. Sure, sure. WWE is all about spectacle and, you know, sauce and not too much seasoning. And, you know, it's more cartoonic and it's a synod and it's more characters. And Ring of Honor is more serious and more about storylines. But, no, you're in the entertainment business also. Unless those wrestlers in the ring are really beating the fuck out of each other, if the matches are not predetermined, you are in the entertainment business. You are choreographing something that is, does not have a legitimate outcome. You are in the entertainment business. You are the same thing as WWE, just a variation. So when you see these people, oh, we're not like them. We're wrestling. They're entertainment. No, you're entertainment also. So anyway, that's the scenario that I would accept between Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella. Now, let's go down this list also. Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Becky Lynch, in my opinion, should win the SmackDown Women's Championship at Evolution. She should not win at Hell in a Cell this Sunday. I think it will mean more at Evolution, the New York crowd will be awesome, and I think it will feel more important at Evolution. In fact, I hope WWE reconsiders and has Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch and Evolution. As much as Ronda Rousey is a focal point right now, and deservingly so, she has done great, I also feel that if you wanna look back at Evolution, As a a, a real historic piece And just a real good feel good ending to it Where people be like you know what They actually did right in a lot of ways You have Becky Lynch close out that pay-per-view Holding up that title as the women's championship That's what I would do Uh, There's another match proposed Alicia Fox and Kelly Kelly versus the Iconics Versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus Beth Phoenix and Natalya for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Now, I talked about this several times over the last two months. WWE's not gonna blow their load with every little announcement, with Evolution between now and October. If you remember, literally a week after the tickets went on sale, I was on the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show and said, you know, when there's a little bit of a lull, and, because remember, you know, between the end of August and the end of October, it's two months, you know, you got other events going on at that time as well. So you can't keep a lot of focus all the time with the women's pay-per-view. So when they hit a little bit of a lull, that's when they could blow their load, drop the announcement, women's tag titles, this, this and that. I'm just curious if they do a tournament leading up to it, how you all of a sudden come up with Alicia Fox versus Ke- and Kelly Kelly teaming up, that's a nice little interesting tag team. It's nice to see Kelly Kelly back, but why is she in a title tag title hunt? Why would you even think that Alicia Fox is getting the tag titles? So that tag team, out, not winning the belts. Bet Phoenix and Natty, I don't see Bet Phoenix returning for a, uh, even a part-time position where she could be a tag team champion. Out. That leaves the Iconics versus Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. And I know everybody remembers what happened with Peyton Royce and Dave Meltzer and that nonsense and this and that. A lot of it was overblown. A lot of it shouldn't have been said. I thought that Dave Meltzer made a little bit of a mistake, but so did Peyton Royce. All right. But I know what a lot of people are thinking. WWE wouldn't be surprised. Put the belts, first ever women's tag titles on the Iconics. (laughs) You could see WWE doing something like that. Me personally, if I, I wouldn't give it to Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville either. You know, so I am not happy with this tag team championship match. Where's your Sasha Banks? Where's your Bailey? They're in other matches. You know, Oscar and others. They are listed in other matches, but man, you're pushing Sasha Banks and Bailey so hard. Why aren't they in this fucking tag team final? Anyway. Lexa Bliss versus Trish Stratus, we know. Kyrie Sane versus the winner of the Battle Royal, which will take place that night for the NXT Women's Championship. The Battle Royal is supposed to feature 20 women. I think 20 sounds awfully low. I think that number may need to go up a little bit, especially when you know you're gonna get a little bit of nostalgia thrown in there as well. Oscar um, versus Ember Moon. Naomi versus Melina. You know, that was something Naomi said was a fantasy match for her. You know, look, I know that the women have busted their ass, but so have the men. And I know that the women have fantasy matches, and so have the men. And some men probably have fantasy matches against some women. But just because Naomi wants Melina doesn't mean you go out and you make Naomi versus Melina, right? And I'm wondering if this match actually takes place, if Naomi, maybe Melina really wasn't her fantasy match. But maybe WWE went up to Naomi and said, how would you like to face Melina? Okay, well, you got to like get it over a little bit online. Tease that this is what you would love to have at Evolution. So everybody thinks it's a fantasy of yours. And then your fantasy has been given. You have been rewarded. You get to face your fantasy opponent, Melina. And Melina's done interviews lately saying pretty much, I don't think she's really interested in Evolution and there's been some controversy with Melina and WWE in the past. It would be wonderful to see her back. She could still go. So we will see what happens with that. Mickey James versus Lita. Like I said before, I'd rather see Alexa Bliss and Mickey James team up against Lita and Trish Stratus. I think that would be a much more fun match. If you actually just take a step back, close your eyes and think about it, I think that would be a much more fun match. Um... The battle royal, as I said, the Mae Young classic finale. Uh, if you don't want to hear it, cover your ears for 10 seconds so you won't hear me say Tony Storm versus Yoshirai. I have been saying on these shows for several months now, Yoshirai, remember that name. I think a year from now, Yoshirai will have surpassed Oscar in what we all expected Oscar on the main roster. She is a name that some people are aware of, some people have heard of, but I'm telling you, that is the ace in the hole right now. Pay very close attention at her work. And if she wins the Mae Young Classic, that was my pick all along. Riot Squad versus Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Ivory. You know, it's nice to see Ivory back, but this feels like a Raw match. I, I don't like that match at all. They're also have listed a Carmella talk show segment with the Ladies of Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh there's also a special announcement segment that'll probably be Stephanie saying something and, you know, maybe they're going to come back with another event. Maybe they'll have some house shows, maybe they'll have their own TV show and the women will be taken off of I don't know. I don't know. And you have Rhea Ripley versus Ginny, versus Killer Kelly, versus Dakota Kai for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So that's what's being thrown around. Um, I don't know why anybody out there would say that that's a horrible card. You know, let's face it. Not every single person out there enjoys women's wrestling. Just because we're wrestling fans doesn't mean that we have to also like women's wrestling. You, you sit there and you eat it and you enjoy it. You need to have it. No, you don't have to enjoy it. As far as a fan of some of these women, I don't think the card is all that bad. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's not like they're charging $99.95 to watch this. It's not like you have to fucking stay up until 3 a.m. to catch it live. I mean, this is a women's event taking place at the Nassau Coliseum. It's the first WWE women's only event, and that's it. That's it. I don't know what kind of fucking pedestal you're trying to put this on. That they have to have fucking five-star unbelievable main event matches or it's gonna suck. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Nobody's forcing you to watch it. That's what I don't understand. Especially with some podcasters out there that, you know, shitting all over this. If you don't like it that much, you you don't have to be a fan of women's wrestling. Talk about something else. Move the fuck on. You know, they keep throwing the one-liners out there and how it sucks and this is the drizzling shits and X for your money back and this and that. If you don't like it, fucking talk about something else. Again, I know it sounds ridiculous, but there are a lot of people out there who are very, very lonely, who need to see those likes and those retweets and the responses back and they write these catchy one-liners to gain a buzz and a reaction You know, it's almost to the point of mental illness sometimes. So, man, that's the news that's going around, this rumored card. Again, if it was legit, I expect WWE to change this up quite a bit between now and the end of October. And, you know, remember, they're going to be going to Saudi Arabia again. You have other events going on as well. So, you know, this is not going to be the only focal point of WWE shows. Between now and and the end of October, you will have some Raws and SmackDowns where the women are extremely heavily featured because they want this to be a success. They want to get as many eyes to tune into this so they could use it in a press release, so they can justify this women's evolution, this women's movement, this and that. A lot of it is just hype and bullshit. You know, first this, first time ever, movement, you ask for it, hashtag this, this, that. The only way to, you know, put an exclamation point on all of that is if this was a huge success in ticket sales, in pay-per-view, not really buys because the WWE Network, but viewers' eyes. If it trends on social media that night, you know that's going to be in their press release. So they want to get as many eyes on this as possible. But it's one goddamn event out of a year. If you don't like it, if you're not a fan of it, if you think it looks shangada, then don't talk about it. Don't watch it and talk about something else. Just my opinion. Anyway, I want to give some special shout-outs. Our newest associate producer for our shows, Justin Rebstock. Newest patrons, Melrick Roche, Mr. Jones, JMOS11, Nef Maivia, Joseph Glasgow, and Ron Schuler. Our associate producers, Tygzy Bowers, Justin Rebstock. As I said, welcome aboard. John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, Ian Mitchell, John Coffey, Russell Ziminaler. Andrew 914, Brandon Davidson, Zach Spoonamore, Chris Harris, Razorback Rob, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam DeMoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Chuck Lentz, Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, The Evil Baker and Food Truck Guy, Chris Hunt Tamale, Billy Taylor, Nickel Time, John Stern, Hassan Al-Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Outnihia, Anthony Smith, James Grusome. And by the way, we're going to have a uh, contest live on the DTKC show Monday. Haven't decided what we're going to give out yet. I have uh, some autographed CM Punk UFC cards, so maybe we'll give out one of those on Monday. All you got to do is be in the chat room, and I will give you a little hint. We'll have to do it. wrestling theme music. So somebody Monday is going to win a prize. Maybe it'll be something better than that. I don't know. But f- just right off the top of my head, I'm thinking, hey, I, gotta, I just... Uh, you know, looked at some of the stuff that I have in my uh, little box of goodies over here and I was admiring some of these CM Punk UFC autographed cards, which are, you know, not, and I'm not talking about these corny, gouty ones where he just, he's wearing like regular clothes. These are just nice gold refractor cards and, and they got some worth to it. So if you want to tune in Monday live and get your chance to win that, you know, in the chat room, you know, it's a, a lot of people tune in live and don't, frequent the chat room but if you want to stop in on Monday it's a little something I want to give out just spurring a moment idea Mark Israel Matt Militia Jeffrey Collins Tim Everhart Bob O'Mac Sean DeMarsh Lucio Dalban Dan Hayes Valdez Mandingo Chamberlain Josh Wilson Jason Pratt Toby DeShang Scott Woodford CJ Uihara Crestman James Deal Donald J. Trump Russell Zavala Kenneth Hewlett Merle Coombs Jr. Douglas McKay Anna I Don't Give a Shit About Your Kids Banana Julian LeBlanc, Brandon Rice, Frank O'Shea, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, Metaphor Isaac Fox, Marcus Antonius, Douglas McKay, Rob McCabe, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, Michael Cuomo. Thank you so much for your support, as always. They are our associate producers. They, along with all the patrons, they are the reason these shows are still free. They put so much, you know, of their time, effort, and even finances to just help us with these shows financially and just content and everything. And it's just really, really humbling, their support. Thank you so much. We'll get into some more plugs a little bit later. Um, You know, Monday I had mentioned that Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis are going to main event, the NWA 70th anniversary show in Nashville, Tennessee on October 21st. Tickets are going on sale later this week. I am very curious to see what type of ticket sales they're going to get. Because if you read the NWA press release, they are, you know, piggybacking all in like they're talking about the success of all in and this, this and that. I'm telling you, man, there's going to be some reality kicking in for ring of honor and NWA and some, some other feds out there. Again, All In was an absolute success, and I'm not going to keep bringing it up because we have really beat this to death right now, to be honest with you. Mitch and I had an awesome discussion on Breakfast Soup. Joey Numbers and I had an awesome discussion on Wrestling Soup last week. Kevin and I had a discussion. I had a solo discussion. There's really nothing more else to add to it. It was a wonderful show, but if you remember, they were selling the autographed turnbuckles and they had it up for sale for $1,000. And I remember a few podcasters were flipping out and ripping all into pieces. Like, you know, you're just going to milk that, that blood. Get that blood. You just drain every little bit of blood from the fans out there. $1,000 for an turnbuckle. My reaction was if somebody wants out to, to buy it, let them buy it. That's their money. They're not being forced to do it. But I will tell you something very interesting for anybody that was really fab- fascinated with that original story, one of those turnbuckles sold this weekend on eBay for about 400 bucks. I actually thought about negotiating for one or two to put it as a patron prize, but even at $400, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, you got to remember something. As successful as all in was, all the praise that Cody and the Young Bucks get for the work that they put in for that, Absolutely. Remember at the end of the day, and I don't mean this to sound fucked up, but I think you'll understand where I'm going with this. At the end of the day, it's still Cody and the Young Bucks. It's not like a legendary tag team or a team that is no longer with us or somebody who has a really rare autograph or is really expensive to get. At the end of the day, it's still Cody and the Young Bucks. All right, yes, they are talented performers. They are stars. But, you know, I don't think anybody's going to pay $400, $500 for their autograph. They're buying it because it's a piece of history. It was used in the event. It's autographed by three people. But still, would you pay $400 for a turnbuckle autograph by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks? I think that's a little steep. You know, if you want to go maybe $200, then yeah, I think that's more realistic. So, but if someone out there... Paid a thousand dollars because they wanted to be the first one to get it, or they thought that they were buying something really, really rare that has already gone down sixty percent in price. That's their prerogative. That's the way it is. Sometimes things go on sale. It could be a piece of memorabilia. It could be a fucking bobblehead. It could be a comic book. It could be anything. And oh my god, I got to be the first to get it, or you know, and then you overpay. Because you got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. And then it goes down in price. But really, whose fault is it to pay prime money like that? And you know what? That person that spent the $1,000 may not regret that at all. Then in, a, in another case, that person may have already put it up on eBay and is like, wait, what the fuck am I thinking? You know, it was me being a diehard ECW fan. Back then, if they came out with some very rare stuff, I would have bought it. I would have absolutely bought it. And if you go on eBay, you will find vintage ECW shirts selling for 70 bucks. And some people buy it. I got to have it. Sure, that's been around for a long time. But the point is, is that the customer dictates the value of an item. They put those turnbuckles up for sale and virtually no one buys it. It goes from $1,000 to six hundred. dollars to 400 and I will bet you any fucking dollar you want six months from now, you will find at least one of those all-in turnbuckles sold on eBay for about 2 to $250. Just the way it is. So I had no problem that they put that up, but just a little tidbit for anybody that was thinking about that story, you know, it's, uh, it's already gone down quite a bit in value. One thing I wanted to mention also from Monday's show, because I think some people missing... Construed what I had said when we got into the pay per view predictions, Kevin and I, and I talked about the SmackDown tag titles, and I said that there was no way that the New Day were coming out of Hell in a Cell as the tag champs. All right, yes, I know that they're currently the tag champs, but this is mostly because of Eric Rowan being injured. To me, it's just transitional. I felt no matter who was going to be facing the New Day at Hell in a Cell, they were winning the tag titles. And I think it's right. Give it to fucking Rusev Day. If you notice, if you paid close attention to that storyline with Rusev Day about... What, six weeks ago, they did something on TV where Aiden English was kind of fucking up. And yes, he's still fucking up a little bit. But you remember Lana getting back into the mix and she was basically trying to tell Rusev, look, you know, you need to get rid of the excess baggage. And they kind of drifted away from that a little bit. So, you know, Hell in a Cell could go one of two ways with Rusev Day. The way that I want to see it, give him the tag titles for a little bit. With all this shit, with Rusev Day getting a buzz, selling all that merchandise, and people felt that he should have been pushed a little bit more, and yes, he did get that one title shot, but nobody in their right mind thought that he was winning against AJ Styles. You know, Give the guy a fucking belt. Seriously. So I would like to see them as a tag team. The other scenario that could very well happen as well is that they lose on Sunday and Rusev just gets fed up. That's it. The straw that broke the camel's back. He just fucking, you know, him and Aiden English turn on each other and they are split up. They are done. And the problem is, if you look at the current scenario with the U.S. title, with the SmackDown tag titles, with the heavyweight title... Where does this fit Rusev if he goes back to singles competition? Is he going to be in line to face Nshinsuke in the near future? I'm not sure about that. Whether Samoa Joe wins Sunday or AJ Styles retains, you think they're going to re-go that route and put Rusev back in the world title line? I don't think so. So where does that leave him? So honestly, I want to see Rusev Day get the tag titles on Sunday. We will see. Reports came around today that The Rock's daughter, Simone Johnson, is now training at the WWE Performance Center. Don't read too much into this right now. You know, they threw in part-time, you know, very, very quietly. You know, she is friends with Zelina Vega. And, um, you know, she's still only 17 years old. They're basically just showing her the basics, And see if this is something that she would possibly want to pursue in the future. I mean, she's attractive. She's only 17. You know, she's not 11 like the fucking Izzy girl. I mean, you know, and thank you everyone who appreciated my rant about that two weeks ago. I know I was going to have a little bit of a discussion with Kev on Monday, but two weeks ago it didn't work out. He didn't bring it up on Monday either. So I was like, all right, forget it. You know, we'll just, you know, put that in the bag and forget about it. Um, but you know, I kept saying she was 12. I didn't realize she's 11. It's even worse. 11 years old. You know, the rock's daughter is 17 going on 18. So do I think a 17 year old is too young to train for wrestling? Um, you know, to go to a wrestling school and just learn the basics you know, running the ropes. You know, nothing too physical. Watching others, soaking it in, trying to understand certain things. There's a lot of things. Look, I trained at VPW. You know, back in what 2000 and uh was it eight or 2010? Has it been that many years already? I don't. I don't know. But I actually trained at that school for about three months, and I, I'm not going to lie. I fucking threw up in in garbage can several times. I realized. Problem is, is that with the injuries from my car accident, you know, like my mind was telling me you could do this and my body was like, are you fucking kidding me? But, you know, I got to always give props to VPW for giving me the opportunity. They did not charge me. Which is even more special because I always tried to help them out with the shows, always put them over online, always push tickets, always, you know, tried to do bus trips for their events. We always had a fucking awesome time there. So um, you know, it's not easy. But there's a lot of little things that you could learn at the school that doesn't require a lot of physicality. So at 17, doing that basics and just you know, just like seeing what it's like, yeah, I have no problem with that. 11 years old, though, is fucking ridiculously stupid. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I know some of you out there have tweeted me and asked me my opinion on this rumor of Rey Mysterio, Pentagon, and Phoenix, you know, becoming a faction because of Survivor Series. You know, it's really interesting. It's really interesting. And, and you know, I don't want any particular websites to, you know, go public and, and admit it, but I found it fascinating Two websites in particular, I'm not going to say who they are, but you'll probably be able to figure them out. Two websites in particular, if you heard Monday show, you heard me talk about a particular podcast I had never heard of before that was getting an insane amount of publicity online, of like all these crazy rumors, for especially for like the last six months. And I keep seeing this name over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm trying to do a little research to see who this person is and what it's about. And I'm finding nothing. I'm finding absolutely no bio, no resume, no nothing. I'm like, where is this stuff coming from? Then I'm reading, oh, you know, Kevin Owens is going to be the first person to feud with, with uh, Roman Reigns after he wins the universal title. Oh, well, this is going to happen. Oh, well, this is going to happen. Oh, Dolph Ziggler didn't sign his contract, so that's why he dropped the, uh, the IC title. And he's now going to have a losing streak like Kurt Hawkins, meanwhile, his tag champs. I mean, there's just one after the other that's, like, ridiculously wrong, like, pathetically wrong. But meanwhile, websites were covering this like it was news, So I bashed him on Monday. I criticized him, I should say. And I think deservingly so. Nobody had any problem with what I said. I backed it up with about five different things that they reported that they heard that was just beyond wrong. Now today, the same place is claiming these three guys. Now look, as a wrestling fan for 20, 30 years and you see Survivor Series, you know you're going to have factions. You know that you're going to have certain groups getting together. So this Matarot sees Rey Mysterio coming in. You hear rumors of Pentagon and Phoenix probably coming in, Phoenix coming in. So, hey, they all wear masks. Hey, maybe there'll be a faction. It'll be at Survivor Series. This is just someone's idea. I could guarantee you probably half of the people listening to the show, you thought of Rey Mysterio, Pentagon, and Phoenix coming in, and they all wear masks, and Survivor Series turn, turns the corner, and you think of Lucha Dragons, you say to yourself, hey, why not have an all-masked team, right? So, But it's just fans' wishful thinking. That's not news. But it was funny because two websites in particular today talked about the rumor of this, But this time around, for the first time ever, they left the name of the podcast out. All they wrote was recent rumor. And there was a quote, but it didn't have any name next to the quote. So when I saw the quote, I said, "Okay, I got to find out. Did Meltzer say this? Did this this say, you know, who said this? Because they don't credit any personal podcast. Sure enough, I do a little research further. It's the same fucking Matadots and it's the same fucking podcast. Anybody, I want everybody to hear this clearly. Whether you're an aspiring podcaster, whether you are a podcaster, whether you're a wrestling fan or you're not a wrestling fan, I guarantee you, there's probably 10 to 20 scenarios that you could write down on a piece of paper right now as to possible future feuds and storylines and so on. Look at Natty and, and fucking Ronda Rousey. Sooner or later, it seems like Natty is going to turn on Ronda Rousey. There ever been any news, actually, that this is going to happen down the line? No. But you and I, as wrestling fans and looking at history and how things develop and how things happen... You just feel like, okay, sooner or later, Natty, because Natty's been a heel quite a bit in her career, she's going to turn on Ronda Rousey. So if we came up here and started saying like, oh, recent rumor, you know, I heard that, you know, down the line, WWE is going to have Natty turn on Ronda Rousey. I have no fucking basis on that. But the way I say it, it sounds like I actually got sources. So when it happens, then you're like, wow, DT, you reported it correctly. No, it's just you and I analyzing and guessing and fucking looking at you could turn around and come up with different. Look what happened with the Shawn Michaels thing right after the segment with the undertaker last week. That's it. I called it. I heard rumors. I source told me Shawn Michaels is coming back. WrestleMania, you know, he's going to, he's going to get his win back. The fuck out of here. What did I say? A couple of weeks ago, if Shawn Michaels is going to return to the ring, it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. And the only way he's going to return to the ring is if The Undertaker gives him his blessing. I know that sounds a little bit ridiculous, but that is the God honest truth. He will not return to the ring for any type of a match unless Undertaker gives his blessing and unless the pay is big. Look, if he's going to make $5 million to wrestle for 5, 10 minutes in Saudi Arabia and you know, put on a performance and sure his body will be killing him after... You're not going to do it for your wife, for your family, for your, you know, your family's future. Of course you're going to do it. But trust me when I tell you, Shawn Michaels for all of these years has always, you know, bit his tongue about returning to the ring. And we all, we don't want to say goodbye to Shawn Michaels. The motherfucker could be 70 years old and some people still chant one more match. You know, it's it's sad what happened to Ric Flair. When, I, when you hear next week's This Week in Wrestling History, this is the anniversary of Ric Flair's last ever match. The guy did not want, did not want ever to stop wrestling. That was his life. And we said the only t- way Ric Flair was going to stop wrestling is if he had some type of a major medical issue, and it ended up happening. And when Jerry Lawler had his heart attack scare, that scared Ric Flair as well. But, um, you know, a lot of this is wishful thinking. And there's nothing wrong with having wishful thinking, but to turn around and try to report it as news, I'll tell you, you got to be really, really careful what you read out there, everyone. And the one thing I never, ever wanted to do on these shows is basically to have a show that all it does is dispel other people's bullshit. You know, of course, it's good in a way because you could come here and know that what you're hearing is credible and we will, and it's mostly analysis. This, these shows are mostly opinion shows. You know, we report news. You know, we do get some exclusive stuff once in a blue moon. But if you notice, we don't fucking run online. Hey, everybody, I got an unbelievable exclusive and blah, 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 blah. I'll mention it on the show, but that's pretty much where it stays. Anyway. Don't forget, everyone, take, check out the Texas Podcast Massacre. If you're into horror films, I know everybody's into this Nun movie that just came out. I, I have read some reviews about it. I'm not going to give away spoilers with a movie. You know, remember, that's a movie. You know, that's something that's been recorded. It's out in theaters. You know, if you don't want to be spoiled about it, you don't read topics about the Nun. So I'm not going to put that up there. Uh, But they did a nice little fun little podcast about the, you know, the the nun. And um, they also reviewed the movie Party Buster Hell. If you're into these cult movies, these out there, you know, BD films from the fucking 80s and shit, you got to check out Texas Podcast Massacre. Awesome shit. Rocked Reviews has a really cool podcast on YouTube under the same name. They just reviewed Five Finger Death Punch. And I know some of you out there are going to say, wait, wait, that's old. Just go check out their podcast. And it is just so, it is done in such a creative and entertaining way. It's not wrestling, but you will love it nonetheless. Sneaker Addict, DJ Dell's in a sneaker podcast. If you see the trend, and I've said this before, everything we plug is different. That's what's so cool about it. We also have DJ Dell's, Sneaker Addict. He's got the uh, sneaker podcast on YouTube as well. He reviews sneakers, he interviews politicians, celebrities, wrestlers about sneakers. It's a really, really different podcast, but it's a lot of fun. Elman Shah has a displayed store, pop culture artwork on metal. I actually just ordered something. I put the link up on Twitter. So go check out his store. He's got some cool shit. SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Your Best Bargains LLC has an Amazon store and an eBay store under the same name. And Crisis in a the Toyverse, they have a really cool podcast as well under the name Undercover Capes. They were recently at Fanex 2018 and they were reviewing some uh, Diamond Select toys. I'm telling you, if you want to check out some really, because I see people write this all the time. Hey, could you recommend some podcasts that are not wrestling related? Here's a whole bunch. And they cost Nothing. You want to support them with Patreon as well? Absolutely. But, you know, check out these podcasts and websites. It doesn't cost you anything. You want to check out something a little different? Those are some great examples. And don't forget, Thursday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard, Wrestling Soup, Joey Numbers and Mish. I don't know, as I said earlier, what the status is with Mish, with his computer. I know he was waiting on a couple of parts, and he is doing this as quickly as he possibly can. I don't know if I will have to uh, take the helm with Joey Numbers tomorrow. But, uh, Mish, if you're listening, you know I'm always here for you, buddy. Got to send some congratulatories to Impact Wrestling. They're bound for glory event for October 14th in Queens. Not New York City. I know it's near it, but stop with this New York City thing. It's Long Island City. Long Island City is not New York City. But anyway... I I live in this area, so I know the area very well. If anybody's heard me with Breakfast with Blasi growing up Don Tony when I used to go to 3030, the Spanish club when I was really, really young, and I'm doing a merengue and look like a total fool doing so, this is right around the corner from it. 3608 33rd Street. If anybody's familiar with this area, it's right off Queens Boulevard, Jackson Heights, Melrose Ballroom. It only holds a little over 1,000 people. You know, It's not the Hammerstein, and it's not the garden, but hey, You rent out that building. It's not expensive. You know the maximum amount of ticket revenue you're going to get if you sell a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred tickets. You give away a couple of comps as well. And it's sold out. They're also doing TV tapings there on the 15th and the 16th of October. Um, You know, it's not a bad deal. It's like 20 bucks or $25 for a ticket. You know, and you get the it might have been $30 for a ticket, maybe $50 for the combo price if you want to go to both TV tapings, but it's not bad. I mean, it's easy to get to as far as driving. The neighborhood is not bad, so you don't have to worry about your car being jacked or anything like that. But, you know, it's a small, intimate venue, and it'll be fun. You go to a wrestling show. Sometimes you want to go to a venue that's smaller. You kind of feel like everybody is a part of the show, and uh, they definitely deserve to, to that they sold out. I also want to give a special shout out. I'm going to mention him on Monday. Also, uh, anybody that is a longtime fan of indie wrestling here in New York. You remember a long time ago, me always shouting out, you know, hanging out with and just having a ball, talking to EC Negro, the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I'm sure you remember Casey Blade, EC Negro, DRS. I mean, I will never, ever forget, never forget, and I've told this story for fucking, what, 16 years, that we, doing the Blackheart Sports Entertainment Hotline, fucking Dirty Rotten Scoundrels were big fans of our hotline. Now I'm a nobody. Matt Zombie, Brian Damage, let's be honest. We're all nobodies. We fucking go to USA Pro Wrestling before I ever got involved in the business in any way shape or form, and these guys were so goddamn cool and they have a big match at the Elk's Lodge. A big big tag team match, and they fucking go to the ring wearing our hotline T shirts. I got it on video. I think they faced the Christopher Street Connection that night, and we had so much fun. We hung out after to the die. I can't tell you how many times after hours hanging out with EC Negro. You know, I don't want to bring up stories because you know he's older now and he's got kid. He's got a kid, really good looking son. So you know, we leave it at that. But man, some of the thing. This guy and I swear on a stack of Bibles. Of anybody that I have ever met in pro wrestling, legends, Hall of Famers, indie guys, nobodies, it doesn't matter who it is, EC Negro by far made me laugh the the most. I mean, to the part where my medulla oblongata would swell up. And there is a part of my head when I really, really laugh too hard that I actually get a headache and there's part of my head that swells up. This guy used to make me laugh like no other. And I remember one time we were hanging out in the Bronx, and it was probably like 4 or 5 in the morning. And this guy just just doing like funny little antics outside and just making me crack up. I actually saw him about four years ago. I was in Queen Center Mall with my girl. We were going to have dinner. And I happened to bump into him in the mall, and uh, he looked good. And the reason why I'm mentioning him is because he is stepping away from pro wrestling. That is a guy, any longtime listener will definitely back me up on this. Him and Casey Blade, I really wanted to see in TNA. Even if it was for one-time deal, you know, a little tournament deal, a one-night-only thing, I always wanted to see the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels in TNA did I ever think they were going to make it to WWE would have been really really tough easy Negro for a while had a singles career I can't leave his partner Casey Blade out of this also because if anybody out there ever saw the video where him and I he was wearing a lucha mask and we were at a Jimmy Hustler bullshit hundred seat venue in Jersey and we were heckling every person that was in the ring. Tito Santana was the guest that day. And in intermission, he was taking pictures with everybody in the ring. And I actually have a photo of me, Casey Blade, and, and Tito Santana posing in the ring. Nobody knew it was Casey Blade that night. I have the video still. I shot it with my phone. And at that time, you really, the phones, the, the video that they would shoot would be garbage. But he just heckled everybody and made me die. I mean, just cry laughing how funny these motherfuckers were, but they were extremely, extremely talented. And I know anybody out there that has been a fan of indie wrestling, especially here in the Northeast, definitely have nothing but love and praise for the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And EC Negro, I wish you nothing but the best. My brother, haven't talked to you in a few years. I hope everything is well. It looks like everything is well. And if anyone out there has ever seen a DRS match ever followed him maybe haven't paid attention to him in the longest you know go check out his twitter his facebook why don't you send him a thank you thank you thank him for the years that he entertained you because this guy inside the ring and out uh really really good guy excellent i could not i could not finish this show without bringing that up so anyway we've gone an hour you know look as i said in the beginning of the show yeah, I just did the DTKC show less than 48 hours ago, so there's not that much for me to get into, and I don't want to start repeating things and beating dead horses, so let's get out of here. Now, keep in mind, Sunday night, right after Hell in the Cell, I will be doing a pay-per-view recap. I don't know if Kev is coming aboard. He never mentioned to me that he wanted to do it. So as of right now, we'll go in the idea that I'm going to be doing it solo Kev, if you're listening, if you're going to do it as well, let me know and let me know early so I don't have to write 35 pages of notes. I could just, We could just bounce off of each other, make my life a lot easier as well. But that recap will go up on Patreon about an hour after the pay-per-view ends. We will upload it Monday for everyone listening as a separate download, so you can download it however you normally get Breakfast with Blossy, the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. And Kev and I will return this Monday night the 17th of September with your next edition of the DTKC Show. If you haven't checked it out already, make sure you check out This Week in Wrestling History. I think this was, what, episode 36 that I just dropped. And uh, I'm already preparing 37. And there's so much cool shit to get into. I can't wait to get into 37. So you'll get that next week. Everyone, again, follow me on Twitter, at D. The website, dontony.com. Email me, Tony at DonToney.com. Facebook.com slash Show. And once again, if you like what we do, you want to help support the shows, help us keep these bills paid, the lights on, and keep these shows free for everyone, consider our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Don Tony. No better time to sign up now. Got the pay-per-view contest this weekend. Next week, we got silver and gold giveaways. You sign up, you know what that's about. And um, we're also going to start the holiday points contest this weekend. So if you're going to sign up and stick around for a couple of months, I mean, you have the opportunity to win hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And again, you know, don't think you sign up there. There's 5,000 people there. It's only about 500. So and not everybody takes parts in these contests. So if you think you know your predictions and you think that you're always on point, you know, sign up five bucks get access to everything and i didn't even bring up the podcast that we do kev castle is dropping a new solo episode of castle chronicles tomorrow next week mish and i are going to be doing breakfast soup once again there is hundreds and there's probably close to a thousand hours of patreon exclusive shows there so you got so much shit going on over there and uh i thank you for your support so i'm out of here enjoy the rest of the week And uh, Brexit, Blasi, will be back in two weeks, the 26th. Be a couple of days after my surgery. I think I'll be good to go. You know, if anything happens with complications and I can't do this show for whatever reason, I will let you all know. But honestly, I don't see why I wouldn't be able to. So enjoy the rest of the week, everyone. Enjoy the pay-per-view. Catch you all again Sunday with your pay-per-view recap. Take care. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Miracuzzies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.